Hey everyone, this is Tom Singer. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to inform you about a special offer that I have to join a brand new group called My Sales Call. If you work for a small business or if you're a solopreneur, having some people to talk about ideas and best practices and to have a focus and accountability around sales is so important. It's so easy to get caught up in the busy work that we don't do what we need to do to drive the sales in our business. So I have started a weekly call where people can get together and share ideas around sales and then make a commitment to the group of what they're going to accomplish for the next week. It's just like if you work for a big company, your sales manager would have a weekly sales call. This is your sales call. Go to mysalescall.com to find out more and sign up today. Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Well, hello, and welcome back. Or welcome to, if this is the first time you've ever tuned in to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. This is my podcast where I have the opportunity to sit down and interview really, really interesting people who are doing cool things in business. I started this show because I wanted to have access to entrepreneurs who were successful, who were trying new things, who were mapping their own course in the world, because I know one thing is true, and that is success leaves clues. When we have the opportunity to hear from these people who come onto my show, they can't help it. They have to leave a nugget, a theory, an idea behind. And today is going to be one of those shows where you're going to need a big bucket so that you can pick up all of those concepts, thoughts, and theories that my guest is going to leave. However, before we get to today's guest, I have to thank the first sponsor of this episode. So human behavior, it is a complicated thing, especially when it comes to working and living together. And understanding why and how people behave, especially in groups, that's what my friends, Dr. Josh Packard and Megan Bissell, it's what they do for a living. Their podcast, The Bias Disruption, is sponsoring this episode. The Bias Disruption answers questions like, what is the ideal team size? How do company cultures change and where does innovation come from? And if you've ever wondered how to make your business change and have that change last, well, you're going to need to listen to Josh and Megan because they use social science, real world experience and humor to share all of their fascinating insights. Plus, they play a lot of nerdy games. So if you're a podcast listener and clearly you are because you're listening to this one, go check out The Bias Disruption. So speaking about podcasts, my guest today is a person who I have known for two years. I met her at the first New Media Summit, which you've heard me talk about a lot. It's a, a community of podcasters and people who want to share their message through this fascinating medium of podcasts. And when I first met her, she had gone through some big transitions in her life as a, as a business professional and as an entrepreneur, and she was looking to find her voice. Well, I'll tell you what, fast forward two years later and Emerald Green Forest, she hasn't only found her voice, you had better listen. She is the host of not one, but two podcasts, and she consults with people who are looking for more ways to be successful. So Emerald, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for having me here, Tom, and it is a pleasure to be here. I remember meeting you at the New Media Summit, and I remember the enthusiasm that you just bring to every every area where you show up. You're just one of those people in the world that 
you know, you're like a giant sparkler. And when you come into the room, you just really make people feel good. And, and you are such a contribution. So I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here and to share this time with you. And pandering to the host always scores you points on cool things entrepreneurs do. But I'll tell you, I kind of liked what you said, because when it comes to like the 4th of July, I don't want to be a firecracker. I want to be a sparkler. I like that. I think I'm going to that's going to become part of my branding. I'm I'm a sparkler. I like that. Yes, you are. You're you're fun, you're fiery, but you're safe for the kids to hold. See, that's exactly <laughs> right. I am safe to be around. You will not get burned. So, so Emerald, I don't read bios that people send. Before my show, you know, people, their PR people send me these like, you know, really long, you know, resumes and all this. I don't read that. So why don't you tell everybody who is Emerald Green Forest? What's your background and what do you do? Great question. Thank you so much. So, um, before I was Emerald Green Forest, I had other names, and in those other names and other lifetimes, I did a lot of other things. So my background is I came from the real estate industry, and I spent 20 years in that industry. At the end of that uh, career, I was the national chairperson for my trade association, and I was also developing with two partners uh, a project with 51 single-family homes, 56 apartments, and an office building that was an award-winning project. And then I had a spiritual awakening. And that led me to a whole nother journey where I uh, opened my own art gallery and healing art center for a few years. I had a street festival that I produced in my downtown for two years in a row that brought 6,500 people to uh, my downtown as a celebration of the arts. And then I had another transformation where my, my gallery, it became clear uh, it was not financially feasible to continue there. And I was called to start speaking. And at that point, I was uh, approaching single motherhood. I was approaching my second divorce. I was approaching single motherhood. And I had this really strong calling to be uh, a speaker. But I knew I couldn't be on the road. I know that you're an on-the-road speaker, and I just knew I couldn't be on the road and fulfill my duties as a mom. So thank God for the Internet Angels. And the Internet Angels came along, and I was able to actually create a career where I was mostly helping women entrepreneurs feel great speaking and powerful asking for money over the Internet and raised my son for uh, almost eight years from home in my pajamas speaking all over the world and, um, you know, made about $2 million from home in my pajamas. And then I had an, another transformation. Because in fact, the title of this episode should simply be transformation like cubed. Exactly. Yeah. I think my new name should be changing woman. Cause I had another transformation where, um, that in that transformation, I had a rupture in my family life that also created a rupture in my business and everything collapsed and Emerald Peaceful Green Forest was born out of that. And as I was looking around at the landscape uh, that had been burned to a crisp, uh, metaphorically speaking, I started to ask myself, well, where am I supposed to serve now? How am I supposed to help now? And out of that came the inspiration to launch the Men on Purpose podcast. I suddenly was called to serve men. And uh, it was the genesis of that was that I actually spent most of my life in relationships with men that were either abusive, alcoholic, or I felt alienated from and realized that I was actually the single unifying thread in all of those relationships. So uh, the Men on Purpose podcast actually has been a healing journey for me. I'm grateful that it's also an Apple top 100 ranked podcast and we're in 86 countries around the world. But more than anything, the Men on Purpose podcast allowed me to actually connect with uh, magnificent men, yourself included. You have been a guest on the show. 
And it has been this huge healing journey for me. So now um, I've recently also launched the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, which is also an Apple Top 100, actually top 75 ranked podcast, because now I'm being asked, uh, you know, in my own internal world, in my own calling to open up the doors and start serving women again as well. So now what I'm offering in the world is really helping thought leaders and change agents and people who are facing transitions in their lives and careers to make that transition with the greatest degree of ease and grace. They don't have to burn down the house. Um, They can actually create a bridge from where they are now to where they want to be. And they can also monetize and um, profit from the storylines that they've lived through and the wisdom that they've gained. I like to call it uh, convert your uh, wisdom into wealth. So that's how I'm serving now, Tom, and I'm, I'm really loving it. And I'm really loving being a podcaster and having the opportunity to be on other podcaster shows myself and also to bring great, great guests to my audience. So Emerald, there's something you said in there that I, I wanted to make sure everybody buddy caught. And that is that in addition to these transformations and all these changes, you actually changed your name along the way. And that's something that I wouldn't say is that common. I mean, obviously, people do it when they get married. A lot of women change their name. Uh, some men will hyphenate their name with their wife or uh, or their partner when they get married. But it's not that common to change all of your name. So you've changed everything about your name. Let's talk a little bit about that. What caused you to do that? But then I also want to talk about in business, are there problems doing that or are there advantages? Well, thank you for the question. And it's not the first time I changed my name. I actually changed my name um, legally when I got married the first time. Uh, Then I changed my name when I had my spiritual awakening in 2002, my spiritual awakening happened. And then in 2004, a new name came. And so my my name that came the first time was, uh, it was a spiritual experience that I had where uh, I was actually on a massage table one day and I was lying there thinking that the woman who was massaging my leg, I was like, oh my God, this woman was made to do this. Who am I? What was I made to do? I asked those magical questions. And uh, it was at that transition from real estate into uh, healing and arts and, and all of that. And what came through was you are a wildfire. And, and that resonated for me. That really resonated for me because I felt this calling to become a healer, but I didn't understand what that meant. So being a healer as a wildfire made sense to me because a, a wildfire actually goes through the forest and burns up all of the dross, all of the dead you know, material that, that's in the forest floor. And it also germinates latent seeds that could not otherwise be germinated without the intense heat and light of the wildfire. So um, about a year and a half after a wildfire came, I was in a meditation after delivering my very first healing teaching. I went out to teach about a, a healing course and I was in meditation the next morning and I had a spiritual experience where um, Master Jesus and Archangel Michael and Master St. Germain came and Master Jesus put his hands on my head in the meditation and said, you are amethyst. So I became amethyst wildfire in 2004 and amethyst wildfire burned from, from 2004 until 2016. And in 2016, uh, when I had this life rupture, what happened was my son actually had gone down the hole of um, heroin addiction. Oof. 
and was it was a, a very bad scene for a number of years. He was a suicidal multiple times. He was in rehab multiple times. He was arrested multiple times. And on uh, April 30th of 2016, he locked me in the basement. Um, he was actually high on homeopathic nasal spray, if you can believe it. And, but, he, you know, so much damage had been done by then that this homeopathic nasal spray um, caused him to spike with fury or be passed out cold. And we had a three-day experience of he was either fu- infuriated or he was passed out cold. And it culminated on, um, on the 30th of April when he was out cold and I went into the basement to check on him and saw on the computer that he was ordering heroin and fentanyl online using Bitcoin using my computer, you know, um, Wi-Fi. And when he came to about 1030 that night, I heard noises and I went down to check on him again. And he said, you know, you need to leave me alone, leave me the F alone. And I said, well, you know, I'm just, I can't do that anymore. I can't leave you the F alone because you're ordering heroin and fentanyl online using my computer system. And that was the, um, the match that hit the flame and he went crazy and threw me on the couch and hit me in the head with a bottle and told me he was going to cut me up in little pieces and throw me in the river. And um, thankfully he went upstairs at one point during this experience and I was able to get out. Uh, I called the police and he went to jail. And three days later I was in meditation again uh, after this huge like life rupture experience. I was you know, trying to get my life back together again after that. And I heard, it just came up clear as day, you're Emerald now. And having gone through a name change in the past, it was clear, like, oh, okay, I'm Emerald now. I wasn't expecting that, but okay, here I am. Uh, and then two day, the next day, my last name came. And then the third day, my um, middle name came, Emerald Peaceful Green Forest. And by the third day, I was down at the courthouse changing everything legally, which implied my existing business because everything was built around Amethyst Wildfire. So over the course of the next year, my existing business imploded and I had to literally, everything had to start again. It was a complete restart of, of everything. So that is more of an extreme story than most people have told on cool things entrepreneurs do. So let's talk about starting over. I mean, if your your business implodes, uh, obviously, your relationship with your son has imploded. Uh, your name has changed. What is it like to start from square one? You know, you weren't 20 years old. What's it like to start at that point just, you know, three years ago? Yeah, well, so the first year I was pretty much in shock and watching everything implode. The second year, um, by the end of that first year, I, I, I recognized that I needed something needed to change in the business um, because it was nothing was working. And so I gave myself six weeks off and I, I made the commitment to myself, if, if my business can't support me over the course of the next six weeks, then it's got to be done. And I don't know what else I'm going to do, but it's got to be done. So by my birthday, which was February 18th, 2017, I had made $7 in my <laughs> business, Tom. <laughs> that's, that's not enough to live on. I'm not an economist, but that's not enough to live on. And that was the sign. It was like, okay, I'm going to surrender. And I would have um, met you about six months after that because I met you correct. in September of that same year. So, Correct. so tell tell us what happened in 2017. Yeah. 
Yeah. So in 2017, after my business made $7, I was like, okay, I'm going to have a fire. And so I had a big fire ceremony and I literally threw everything in the fire. I threw all my branding in the fire. I threw all my, like everything that I had created, I threw into the fire and I said, okay, I'm going to just surrender. And then I sat for 10 days and I was like, what am I supposed to do? The mortgage still has to be paid, you know? And my assumption Um, is it was more than $7. Ah, uh, yeah, it was a $450,000 house. So the mortgage still had to be paid. Um, thankfully, that, you know, was acquired out of my real estate career, but um, the mortgage still had to be paid. So in any case, what happened was I sat with myself and I said, okay, what am I supposed to do here? And about 10 days into this sitting, um, the bright idea came that I ought to outreach to other entrepreneurs who had high ticket programs because I know how to sell high ticket. I mean, I made almost $2 million from home in my pajamas selling high ticket uh, mentorship programs. So I know how to do that. I know a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, you know, reach a certain point in their business. They just can't scale themselves to, to, get to that higher level of income. So I put myself out there to, um, to do sales for other people. And then also during that period, I, I just reached into my business card, my Rolodex. I reached into my Rolodex and just started calling everyone and saying, you know, I'm just calling to catch up. I'm just calling to catch up. I'm just calling to catch up. Cause I, I, I needed a lifeline into the world. I needed some kind of connection to take myself out of my own isolation and one of those calls right around February when I made $7 in my business, by March, a month later, she called me back and um, the woman's name was Allie Craig and she had been selected by Apple TV to run a new show on their success channel called Fix My Brand. And she called me and said, hey, why don't you just apply? And so I applied and I became a case study. And by the time I met you in September, I had gone through the whole fix my brand experience, which in my case wasn't fix my brand. It was like build a brand new brand. <laughs> we bur- so, we burned the brand. Exactly. We burned the old brand. Um, and so I came to the New Media Summit was the first time I came out to be in the world and be with other people and be in the entrepreneur space again and be with thought leaders again. Um, with my new brand, I showed up at the new media summit with my, with my new brand. And when I went there, the new brand, it became clear I was supposed to be working with men in the course of the, the rebranding process that the inspiration came to be working with men and, and we were going to do a TV show. And then I was like, you know, men are not going to watch an internet TV show. They might, but you know, it just didn't strike me that the men that I was being called to serve, which were you know, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, uh, you know, co- what I call corner office change agents, they weren't watching an internet TV show. And I'll, I, I'd, I'd never even heard a podcast. I knew what podcasts were, but I had never even listened to a podcast until I signed up for Steve's event. And, um, you know, we were required to listen to podcasts so we could talk to you guys. I was going to say, you probably listened to mine at that time. Exactly. I listened to yours at that time because you were an icon of influence. So, um, so anyway, I went into that event knowing that my listeners were um, my my potential clients, my new potential clients were listeners, and so I knew I needed to create a podcast. And out of that event, um, Men on Purpose Podcast was born and uh, launched January eleventh, two thousand eighteen, and went to Apple Top two hundred by February, thanks to 
the massive support that I received from all of the people at the New Media Summit, yourself included, I like it was an opportunity to be reaffirmed as a valuable contributor in the world. Well, I remember I remember meeting you and I did not know your backstory in, in its entirety. Uh, but I do remember you talking about possibly being a guest on my show and I knew you were at square one. And I remember saying something that I thought was kind of smarmy, but I said the show's called Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do not cool things entrepreneurs are planning to do. And I thought, ooh, that was kind of a dick thing to say. It was. Um, it was <laughs> but I love you anyway, Tom. I was but, like, you don't know, you have no freaking clue, dude. <laughs> but fast forward two years later and you've done it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you need that little poke. You know what I mean? Sometimes you need somebody to just put in your face, hey, I don't know who you are, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you maybe someday. Well, I talked to you. I just wasn't putting, <laughs> I wasn't putting people with an idea on the show. It was people who were executing ideas. Yeah, That's all. I get that. I was I still, totally I that. was still nice and friendly. <laughs> That's why you <laughs> called me a sparkler. Yes, um, you are. You are a sparkler. And I didn't take it personally, Tom. And I really appreciated actually um, the reflection because it said to me, so here's the important thing that I think I want to, to deliver to your listeners, no matter how high you've been, when you are brought down to your knees, stay freaking humble, you know, like you do not get to uh, assume that people are going to automatically think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, just because you've done some stuff in your past. If you're in a starting over place, be on, be in humility and be in, um, in service, you know, be in a state of seeking to to serve others. At that time, Tom, I wasn't ready to be on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do with who I am now. I wasn't. And so I, I appreciate the honesty. So what advice do you have for somebody who wants to start over? They want to maybe a little less uh, seriously burn down their past, maybe than, than you had to go through. Uh, maybe they don't want to go through the entire bonfire, but they feel like their ladder's against the wrong wall and they want to start over. And maybe they want to start their own business, uh, be it, you know, as a solopreneur, maybe they want to grow a company, they will scale. What advice do you have for them? Well, the first thing I would say is if you're feeling that, don't deny the feelings. You know, if you're feeling that way right now, there's, you know, there's a little saying, I don't know who says it, but uh, who the originator was, but, you know, the, the, the message comes in a whisper and then it comes in a knock on the door and then it comes as a two by four and then it comes as a bonfire, right? So like you don't need the two by four in the bonfire. If you're already feeling that way, begin to make the small steps or take the leaps that are going to move you in the direction that you uh, are feeling you are meant to be going in. And that requires oftentimes support. It really does because we build our world, we build our identity around who we are, you know, whether we're the vice president of whatever, or, um, you know, we, you know, some famous speaker or author or whatever, and we're now looking to do something else. We build our identity and it's very, it can get concretized. It can get very concretized. And so, when it's concretized, the work is to start to erode those um, those bonds that hold you in a place that you already know you're not supposed to be anymore. And and the, the 
uh, assistance of a coach or a mentor or somebody who can see what you cannot see and who can also support you and affirm you when you are feeling, you know, like the walls are caving in is absolutely vital. That's I think that that's that's awesome advice. So how important do you think it is for an entrepreneur or maybe anyone, but the show's for entrepreneurs, for them to number one, trust themselves and number two, to like themselves? Oh, oh such a great question. Yeah, I think self-trust out of anything, especially when you're an entrepreneur. I mean, let's face it. Everything that we do as entrepreneurs is taking risks. And it's, you know, either a big risk or a medium-sized risk or a small risk, but it's all risk. There are no guarantees. You know, you could launch a podcast tomorrow and have three people listen and it's your mother, your aunt, and your next door neighbor. You know what I mean? And, and you were tying everything to that. When you attach to things, it's, it's really dangerous to attach to things coming out in a certain way. And so I think the work of cultivating self-trust, and especially in my case, I mean, I've, I'm, it's intuitive, you know, the depth of my intuition. It, it, it's been more important to me to hone my trust in myself and my trust in my guidance and my trust in my intuition than anything else because Frankly, if I had not trusted my intuition, Tom, I would not be talking to you right now because it was when I was in that basement and my son went upstairs and I was paralyzed in that basement like I'm not going to move because I could be dead in a moment. All of a sudden, it was my intuition that kicked in and said, go now. And I made my way out of the bulkhead, even though he had put a giant plant pot on top of the bulkhead to keep me in there. So it was my intuition that actually saved my life. So trusting yourself is absolutely probably the most important thing an entrepreneur can do to build their trust muscle in themselves and love yourself enough to take the risks and to celebrate the risk taking, even if the risk turned out to be in, I'm going to put this in quotes, a failure from maybe a business perspective. Be celebratory of your willingness to take the risk. That alone is something to love. So through the research I've been doing, one of the things I discovered is a lot of people, and I found some of this in myself, they let the words or actions of other people, maybe years ago, stop them from fully sort of, you know, I, I use the word like themselves, you use the word love themselves, but they allow those little voices in their head to be clouded because of something someone else said or did. And that person may not have even been malicious uh, in their intent, but you hang on to it. And I find that a lot of people, once I talk to them, they admit that that has kept them from, from excelling. So let's talk a little bit about that part of, of liking yourself. Why does that matter? Well, I, what I want to speak to here, Tom, is more than just liking yourself. It's actually respecting yourself. Having the self-respect to be able to stand powerfully in the decisions that you make, to be able to stand powerfully in the stand that you are taking in the world, regardless of what the stand is, to be able to stand powerfully and in faith that that. You are your best to bring your best 
to the world. And, and I want to really underscore that because if you're half asking, if you're, if you're half asking it, you already know, you already know if you're half asking it, you know, if you're not living up to your fullest potential. Um, so be truthful with yourself because if you're not being truthful with yourself, that immediately erodes the trust. So I think the important thing here is two things. One, let us acknowledge that you have been running on a program that got installed in you from someone else at a time when you didn't know better, at a time when you were doing the best that you could do and you took it personally, but now you know better. And so the first step is to release yourself from the burden of continuing to act and move and operate in the world from the place you were when you heard those words and, and, and literally forgive yourself from continuing to run in that direction for that period of time. Now you're awake. Now you're aware. Let that go and move forward from here recognizing that one of the most important things you can do is not take anything personally, just like you were talking about before, about how when we first met two years ago, you were like kind of smarmy, right? And you self-admitted that you were smarmy. And I, I did not take it personally. I took note. I was like, ah, okay, this is an invitation for me to stay humble and to continue to build and nourish this relationship and not take what he said personally because if I had taken it personally, I would have gone back into my little hidey hole and, you know, been hiding forever. So I think it's about respect more than liking yourself. It's about respecting yourself and also about forgiving yourself for operating in a way that was the best that you know how at the time. Now that you're aware, now that you're awake, you can choose to let that go and, and move forward in a different way. Wow, that's actually extremely powerful in the fact that just forgive yourself for it was what it was at the time. And now it's something else today. That's, that's really, really good advice. So in my work, I work with teams and individuals on this gap that exists between potential and performance. Cause one thing is that potential is great. We get all excited about it, but I call it the paradox of potential because just because we have potential doesn't mean we're going to see results. So why do you think some people are able to get across that gap and chase their potential and make huge leaps while others fall into the abyss. Well, um, I, I want to answer that. But as soon as we started talking about that, the first thing I thought of was like, oh, all the men I fell in love with and I fell in love with their potential. <laughs> <laughs> it, it turns out that was a paradox. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think what I want to say to this is we do want to be willing to honestly see people's potential. And we also want to be honestly seeing how they're performing. And if they're not performing up to their potential, we need to, to voice that. We need to confront that. And that means the same thing with ourselves, which is, you know, something I said in the last little segment there you know if you're not doing your best. So what is that difference between performance and potential and what allows some to move and others not to move? You know, there are so many extenuating factors, Tom. It's not a one-size-fits-all answer. There's, there's not a, 
you know, step-by-step cookie-cutter solution to activating the latent potential in people. But I think if there is a step that we can all take, it's being willing to look at someone, see their potential, and kindly affirm it for them. Kindly affirm. Don't necessarily expect that they're going to immediately blossom and bear fruit, but to kindly affirm, I see you. I see your potential. I see you have more to offer into the world. And, you know, I think that was one of the things that allowed me to navigate with my son for so many years through such a health story. I mean, it was such a shit show, but I knew he he's here for some bigger purpose. I could see it in him. And I, I will never forget the day that I picked him up off of the bathroom floor. He was naked. He had get, taken more heroin than would kill five people, enough heroin to kill five people. And I got into the bathroom and I saw him lying there almost dead on the floor. And I picked him up and I shook him awake and he yelled at me, why can't I die? Why can't I die? And I said, because you're not fucking done yet. (laughs) You're not done yet. So, you know, I think that the gap between potential and performance, we can nurture and we can, can feed into that in a way that doesn't drain us. So that's the important, uh, you know, caveat that I have here, Tom, is you can't keep pouring in when nothing's coming out, right? You can't keep pouring in and it's a desert. You have to come to a certain point where you as the mentor or, you know, even with yourself, you know, if you keep pouring into something yourself and it's not working, you've got to be honest about that as well. You've got to say, like I did, $7. I made $7. I've got to burn this business down because it's not freaking working. You know what I mean? So I think it comes down to really you know, being discerning, being as discerning as you can possibly be, but also being optimistic that that potential is there. You see it. You are aware that it is is possible for this acorn to become an oak tree. And um, and you're going to stay committed to the extent that it is healthy to nurturing that potential. That's nice. So, Emerald, I've got a couple more questions for you. But first, I have to thank the other sponsor of this episode. So this episode, like all of them, is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and that pesky technical work so that you can focus on creating great content growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Emerald Peaceful Green Forest. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know that some of you do, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Emerald, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, as you are very aware. What is the coolest thing you're doing with your business right now? Well, I have a few cool things I'm doing. Um, One is I'm running a virtual retreat that I um, put on four times a year 
called Wired Up for Wealth. And um, I'm working around the idea of wealth being more than just money. It's your time, it's your health, it's uh, ideas that you have, it's the energy exchange of money. It's also fun with your friends and family. And so Wired Up for Wealth is, is really designed to help people to rev up their revenue so that they actually have more money to be able to uh, do the things that they want to do, whether it's delegate to uh, more team members in their business or take their next vacation or, you know, spend time with their children more. And so I'm doing that four times a year. I'm really excited about that. And the coolest thing that I just did was I actually created a quiz um, and it's called Get Your Wealth Readiness Score. Are you ready for wealth? Get Your Wealth Readiness Score. So um, folks can find the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And that's my new business. I'm the Wealthy Life Mentor, and I am here to help people create their life like it's a work of art. Nice. And so the main website that people can go to is what? Send them to quiz.wealthylifementor.com. That will um, take them into my my world. And also my main website is thewealthylifementor.com. Thewealthylifementor.com. I don't know whether I have a the. Uh, Wealthy Life Mentor. Wealthy Life Mentor. You said the. I just assumed it was I know I did. Wealthylifementor.com. Be sure to check that out. So Emerald, I love to ask the people who come on the show more than just about them. We could talk about Emerald Green Forest all day long. Lots of layers here, lots of layers. However, I think great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So when you look out into the entrepreneurosphere, that world of entrepreneurs, who do you say, wow, she or he, they're doing cool things? Well, you know, I could talk about somebody famous or I could talk about my clients. And I really want to talk about my clients. So I'm going to just give a shout out today to one of my great clients who actually did the Wired Up for Wealth uh, work with me, a retreat several years ago. Her name is Kim Eldridge, and she is the founder of New Frontier Publishing. And I'll never forget after we did that work together, uh, getting an email from her and she sent me this email and she had gone to she had been um, working for her father as an accountant, a bookkeeper, making $30,000 a year. And after we did our work together and she set herself up with her publishing business, um, she sent me an email that said, I have five figures in period, the period, bank period. <laughs> and so she has gone on to create now um, a multi-six-figure business. Her goal for this coming year is 250000 She helps people get their books out into the world in a powerful way. And so I just want to shout out to one of my clients and she's one of many. I have clients, my combined clients have generated probably $50 million over the last uh, 10 years that I've been in in this um, personal professional development entrepreneurial world. And so I want to shout out to them because they're in the trenches and they're actually doing it. Nice. Nice. So the last question I ask everybody is what do you do to give back to the greater good? Because here's the thing, if we're fortunate and let's face it, we're all fortunate. We have to do more than just make money. So what do you do to serve others? Well, uh, I, this ties back to my, my story with my son. I actually was uh, awakened to this uh, organization called the Life is Good uh, Kids Foundation. And it is a subset of the Life is Good company. They're a uh, lifestyle brand and t-shirt company out of Boston. And the man who uh, is the CEO and one of the founders of Life is Good was up on the stage about three weeks after the Boston Marathon bombing and uh, speaking about 
about the foundation and about what they were doing. And he broke down into tears because one of his employees had been uh, injured in the Boston Marathon bombing. And so I made the Life is Good Kids Foundation my beneficiary of choice. But the important thing here is um, when that happened, there was a lot of T-shirts that came out that said Boston Strong. And he was a T-shirt company. His company was a T-shirt company. And they sat with that and decided instead of adding another Boston Strong T-shirt with just the Life is Good branding on it, they wanted to do something a little bit different. And they actually took the conversation up a whole octave. And they made a T-shirt that said Boston with a heart in the center of the O. And on the back, it said, nothing is stronger than love. And it was that mantra, nothing is stronger than love that actually allowed me to navigate that whole journey with my son. And I'm really happy to say that he's, he's healed now. He's got his, um, his life together. And, and that's a beautiful thing because nothing is stronger than love. So I lend my financial and philanthropic support to the Life is Good Kids Foundation because nothing is stronger than love. And I'm so glad that life is good for your son. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Hey, Emerald, thank you for being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Any last words? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a, a sparkler, Tom. Thank you for um, sharing your platform. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to serve your audience. Thank you for just showing up and shining in the world. We need more people like you. And um, I'm just really, really grateful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I think this was one of those episodes that you're all going, wow, I got to listen to that one again. Uh, Cause she left a lot of information. A lot of those nuggets and theories I talk about were sprinkled throughout the show. And uh, she has certainly had an interesting journey to get to this point in her life. It'll be fun to see what happens in the next phase. And thank you so much. I say it every time. Thanks for being the audience. If it wasn't for you, why would we have a show? So tune in again in a couple of days where we're going to have an interview with somebody just as cool as Emerald. I know you're thinking, what? How will you do that? But we always do it. And in the meantime, go out there. Try new things. Let your life be good. Make sure your ladder is against the right wall. And while you're at it, have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.